When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. What's up, Pittsburgh Steelers fans? Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. It's Jeff Hartman and your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. You know how it is here on the Steel Curtain Network. A part of the Fans First Sports Network. I'm excited for this podcast. We actually have a ton of news to talk about. And it all stems from Mike Tomlin's season-ending press conference, which happened on Thursday at noon. We're going to get to a lot of that. And in the second half of this show, we have Jeremy Jerome Betts for the All Bets Are Off segment. We're going to talk about a lot of the news which happened today for sure. And this is weird. You know, this is the first week. This is this is really crazy. Not, not counting the bye week. This is the first week since almost, I guess, August, September. Then on a Friday, I haven't had a behind enemy line segment where I welcome someone to the show and welcome someone in from the other other team to talk about the upcoming game. This is weird. I don't like it. I, I like talking to other people. This offseason, we will get back into uh, the Monday morning conversations, and I'll look at having some guests on the show there in that regard. But for right now, it's just me and then Jerome in the second half. So let's get to some news, shall we? Futures contracts have begun to be passed out. The Steelers signed, I believe, 17 players the other day to future slash reserve contracts. Remember, once the season ends, that 53-man roster can balloon up to 90 uh, so the Steelers are obviously doing their diligence as it pertains to all the people that are floating around. You have the, all these players that were on practice squads who might be able to sign with a team. And so the Steelers scouting department, I'm sure they've been doing their job, doing their diligence. And now they're starting to kind of figure out who they want on that reserve 
future list, their off-season roster as they move forward. So Tomlin speaks. I want to make sure this is known and is very clear. Tomlin has spoken, and he won't speak again to the media until the NFL draft. That's crazy because it's, it's he spoke on January 18th. The draft isn't until almost May. A lot of people will say, well, wait a second. Don't coaches also speak at the NFL scouting combine? Most do. Tomlin does not. Omar Khan will speak at the combine, but Mike Tomlin will not. So this means that for the head coach, we won't hear from Coach T for a very long time. And the next time we do is when free agency will be over with. You'll be talking about draft picks that were already selected. It's strange. It is strange, and it's it's been this way for a very long time. And so that's that. for those that are waiting to hear from Coach, like you're just not going to. It doesn't work that way. Barring something crazy happening and the NFL forcing coaches to meet. I guess maybe I should say there is one other time. Now that this, Now that I think about it, he does speak at the owners' meeting in Florida, but that's over breakfast. So it's not like a formal Q&A press conference style setting. It's Mike Tomlin with a bowl of fruit in front of him and some of the close media in Pittsburgh asking him questions. So I guess that is the next time you might hear from Mike Tomlin is at the owners meetings. But since Mike Tomlin spoke, the question that we all want to know is, did we learn anything? I have to be honest. It was a good press conference. It was a good press conference. Mike Tomlin was, I thought he was upfront. I thought he was honest. Uh, I thought that he he spoke openly more than I thought he would when it pertains to things like the offensive coordinator, the quarterback position, rookies, uh, players that could be coming and going. He he was very open and upfront, but that doesn't mean that he said everything. This guy is a master manipulator with the English language. He knows how to say everything while saying nothing at all. So what did we learn? What are some early takeaways? Again, we're going to dive into some of these, the more minutia topics with in the second half with Jeremy. But I, I have to say, first and foremost, and this was the first thing he said, the fact that he addressed himself leaving the press conference on Monday when Brooke Pryor of ESPN asked the question of about his contract status and he just left, Mike Tomlin got out in front of that and said, look, he, he apologizes. He also added that, there's a time and a place for questions like that. He was upset after the loss, and he said, I didn't think that was the time or the place for that question to be asked. And that's fair. That is fair. He even said he could have handled it differently. I agree. He could have. He could have said, no comment. I'm not, I'm not talking about it now. He could have said what he said at this press conference then and been fine. He, hey, coach, what about one year left? Look. There's a time and a place, and this isn't it. I'm not answering that right now. Would have been fine but instead, but at least he recognized it, got out, called it a mistake, and he got out in front of it. Now, there were some things I was surprised. I said that he made some comments that I was surprised he actually said that. Not that they haven't had these discussions. Not that he doesn't think it. Just a lot of times, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, they like to keep things close to the vest, even as it pertains to how they function in the offseason. They don't like to tell everyone what their plans are. They just do things the way they do things, and they move on with their lives. So when he was asked about the opening at offensive coordinator, the question was, hey, coach, are you going to bring back uh, Sullivan, Randy Feetner? And he said, no. <laughs> he straight up said, no. I was shocked. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like he, he just said, I thought for sure he'd say we would 
they, they would be in consideration. Maybe we'll bring him in for an interview. No, he really just said that, no, that they, they want to go outside the organization. He also added that Art Rooney II, Omar Khan, and Mike Tomlin will make the decision. Now, I, I know for a fact that Mike Tomlin, he wants more control over that, that responsibility of bringing in a coordinator. Uh, everyone's heard the rumors, not just from me, not just from our sources, that Mike Tomlin did not want Matt Canada back in 2023. Well, he was he, the, the owner who signs the paycheck said, I want this guy. And so, therefore, you keep that coach. So, I think that Mike Tomlin might be trying to flex some muscle as they try to work out a contract extension. We'll get to that in a second. But he also went into detail, not just about he doesn't want to give Sullivan and Faulkner a chance, but he also talked about how the person that they get, whoever that is, they want them to have coordinator and play calling experience. He thinks that's very important. He thinks it's very important that they have that type of experience. He said he's looking forward to the search, to having an open mind and having these people explain how they think their philosophy and their system will work and be successful. He said that they get they got to get the coach first. And that's something that I said on Wednesday, and I do firmly believe that. There's some, been, been some people on Twitter that have disagreed and said you got to get your quarterback first and then your coordinator. I don't know if that's necessarily the route that I would go. I think they're doing it the right way. Get your coordinator. Talk to your coordinator about what he wants in a quarterback, and then you start to fill out your roster in that position group based on that. And that's if you like that coordinator's philosophy, plan, the way they want to do the job. So with all that said, the coordinator position is open for business. They're going to probably start doing interviews soon. It's going to be something to keep your eye on. There was a lot of debate. There's been a lot of debate about the quarterbacks. Now, he did say, Mike Tomlin that is, that Kenny Pickett will go into the offseason as quarterback one on the depth chart. He said he will have a lot of competition, though. And I stand by my reports. The reports that myself, Brian Davis, have done this week, the podcasts I've done throughout the season from our sources, I stand by our reports. When we said that the Steelers are keeping an open mind about potentially going outside the organization for a quarterback, I stand by those reports. Now, Mike Tomlin said that he thinks that the quarterback for next year is already on the roster. What else is he supposed to say? Is he supposed to say no? Now he spoke very glowingly of Mason Rudolph. They want to keep him. That doesn't mean they're going to keep him. Uh, he also said that Kenny Pickett has, you know, he's going to have a challenge ahead of him. He's going to have to compete. We'll talk about the quarterbacks more in the second half of this show. The contract extension. It's already being reported. Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette supposedly spoke to Art Rooney and said that the deal's going to get done. They're going to get an extension done for Mike Tomlin. And I think that that would have to be done first. You want to get that extension done based on the fact that any offensive coordinator you're about to bring in, the one thing you don't want to do is for a guy that's like, okay, I finally got my opportunity to be an offensive coordinator. Here we go with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then Mike Tomlin retires. Now what? Now I could be back on the looking for a, a new job. That's not what anyone, anyone wants. So I think they're going to get it done sooner rather than later. He also spoke very highly of his mentality and how he wants to go out there and prove himself on a week-to-week basis. He talked about Keanu Benton, how he just had an, an exit interview with him, and he's very happy with where he was. And he talked about Broderick Jones. He said that they all they eased all these players into it because it's a long season, and he said that it, it worked. 
his quote was they never wilted. So he did say though about Broderick Jones that he thinks that they're going to go into this off season with him being flexible. I would love to see him being pushed to the left side. Hey, focus on the left side and we'll get someone else for the right. Instead. He said, we want him to be position flexible. I don't know if I agree with that. So there was a lot to discuss. That's not all that was discussed in the press conference. Those are just some early takeaways coming up in the second half of the show. We're going to have Jeremy Jerome Betts, and we're going to have Jeremy on for the all bets are off segment. We're going to talk about quarterbacks, all that good stuff. And make sure you stay to the end for a very special heart to heart. We'll be right back after this break. Segment. Jeremy Jerome Betts joins me. Jeremy, what's up? Well, Jeff, um, but before we get started, I've got an inside scoop for you. And I, mm. I so the reason why the Steelers are not playing again this week. Okay. I'm interested. Go um, ahead. Straight, straight from the source here. Um, so there is a, a person um, who shall rename, remain nameless who uh, has a specific ritual on game days where uh, that person will, will not wear uh, the color of the opposing team anywhere on their body. Okay. Mm-hmm, um, right. that person, um, took a shower the night before and put on a new clean pair of underwear and they were blue uh, and I uh, forgot to change them the next day. Uh, and so, uh, the Steelers ended up losing because he did not follow his, uh, wardrobe, um, deal that he has to would do this be so, yourself. Um, it, it, the person shall remain nameless. So uh, we'll, we'll just go with that. Um, I don't know if that's TMI or just the right inside scoop for Steeler Nation, but uh, well, we're going with it to start today. <laughs> we all have our sources. We'll say that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like this. Hey, this is uh, this is weird. You know, Mike Tomlin. Obviously, I want to talk with you a lot about his press conference that happened on yeah. Thursday. He he was very open and honest. I felt, and he was very raw in certain instances when he talked about how, you know. Anyone that's coached anything, I would say high school or up, you know what it feels like when you are grinding like day in, day out, practice, mm-hmm. practice, game, continue that cycle. And then suddenly in the drop of a hat, it's over. And yeah. everything is just, well, it's, it kind of turns into like, well, now what? Well, now what am I supposed to do? It used to take me when I was, I coached high school for 13 years it used to take me like a week or so until I kind of was like getting back into the groove of, okay, I just leave work and go home. I don't leave work and go to practice. And then I don't have film study to do. And I don't have meetings with players and coaches. Like there was so much stuff. You could definitely tell like it was a, it's, it's tough for Mike Tomlin, but I think we could both agree though, after the, the bills game that the Steelers were not at that level. You agree or disagree? Uh, I do agree. Um, You know, they were, a lot of people are are extremely extremely disappointed in pit, in the Pittsburgh Steelers and I I'm disappointed too obviously you don't like to see a loss but right. uh, if if you look at it fairly um the expectations for the team that they played um compared to their own expectations going into the season um the, the Buffalo Bills were you know the, the fact that they earned the 2 seed was kind of poetic justice for how the season um 
expectations were were supposed to be and they were supposed to be one of the best teams in football right. they've been playing like it and and you go to their place in their building um to try to play a brand of football that they are built for and and you're not quite up to snuff with that and you you end up making it a game i think that there's nothing um embarrassing about the loss you know yeah. they kind of punched you in the mouth they they stopped what you do best they stopped the run game and your counter is, it's not Josh Allen. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you don't have a Josh Allen on your team. You don't have an elite quarterback on your team. And Mason Rudolph played admirably, I thought. But uh, it was just too much for them to to be a part of. So, yeah, I do think that in retrospect, given a few days to look at it, uh, calming down a little bit from just the disappointment of it, you start to understand, hey, you know, this team wasn't quite ready for that level yet. It, it's impressive that they got there what are they going to do moving forward is now going to be the talk on this podcast and others for yeah. um, many months now. And uh, there's a lot, a lot to discuss with that because there's a yeah. lot to do for sure. And and I think admirable is a good way to describe Mason Rudolph's performance against Buffalo, but I also don't think he was helped out. It, it, the play mm -hmm. calling and the plan was just so safe, borderline scared. Like that's what bothered me. You saw in wildcard weekend, CJ Stroud, who's an elite passer. Yeah. Go in. I'm sorry, not go into, but go into a game <laughs> against the Cleveland Browns who were favored to win that game. Basically saying, you know what? Screw it. Let's throw the rock. Let's yeah. take it a step further. Jordan Love goes to Dallas. They are heavy underdogs in that game. What does he say? Screw it. Let's, let's just air it out. What do we have to lose? The Steelers went into a same situation, in my opinion, and they did nothing. They didn't yep. stretch the field. They didn't try to go deep. Mason Rudolph, I think one of this, the better aspects of his game is the ability to stand in the pocket and deliver the ball down the field, and they didn't do it until the final drive in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. So yep. that was disappointing. But I can't not watch that game or think back on that game and not think, man, talk about the haves and the have-nots at the quarterback position. Let's talk mm -hmm. about in the AFC, the four teams – that are still alive in the quarterbacks that they deploy. Patrick right. Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and maybe the, the best young quarterback we've seen in the league in a really long time in C.J. Stroud. That's one of the reasons why they're all playing on the divisional weekend and the Steelers are yep. him-hawing back and forth. The fan base is Kenny, Mason. Ken I don't think either of these guys is it. And yep. so take, in, take all that into consideration. Take into what Mike Tomlin said. And everyone's freaking out because they said, do you think your quarterback is on the roster? And he said, yes, I don't buy it for a second. We all know mm -hmm. my podcast and my stance on that. But Jeremy, I'm going to ask what your stance is. I don't think that's it for the Steelers yeah. to win a championship. Do you agree or disagree? I agree. Um, you know, when we talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers philosophy, um, it's, it's exactly what Mike Tomlin said. And I think um, that was, you know, you, you can you can take whatever you want to from what he was talking about with the quarterbacks. He's not going to tip his hand one way or the other with so much offseason right. left to go. Um, but when you talk about expectations within that organization, when Mike Tomlin says we want championships, he absolutely means it. We want to compete for a championship in 2024. That's the expectation for that group from inside the building. Whether or not outside the building, we think that they have the horses to be able to do it is another story entirely. But when you talk to Mike Tomlin and you talk to Omar Khan uh, and, and Art Rooney, the um, second, they would, they would all give you the same answer. We're chasing a championship. If that is the philosophy, 
then the Steelers will not stand pat at quarterback this offseason. I don't know what it looks like yet. Nobody does because uh, we haven't seen it. Um, The the only guarantee is that Kenny Pickett will be on this roster in 2024. Um, That's the only guarantee at quarterback um, because the the Steelers, they could go out for and and pursue a high price free agent. They could um, bring in a a mid-tier veteran um, like they tried to do with Mitch Trubisky. That didn't work out. Um, they could do that to kind of support the Kenny Pickett project with a new offensive coordinator. Um, but we just don't know. And so when you, when you're talking about direction that they're going to go, I think status quo is the least likely direction of all of those, because they recognize that if we want to pursue a championship in 2024, then what we saw in 2023 ain't going to cut it from the quarterback position. Well, let me ask you this. And I asked Brian Davis on our breaking news podcast when we talked to our mm-hmm. source. I asked him this question. I'll ask you the same question. Do you think the Steelers are a quarterback away from being legitimate contenders for a Super Bowl? I, I well, <laughs> I'm going to give a caveat answer here because I don't think that they are, as we stand here today, I don't mm-hmm. think they're a quarterback away because they don't have an offensive coordinator right now. Right. No, you know I, what I mean? Yeah, so all things considered. One, yeah. Once you establish the guy at offensive coordinator, and it has to be somebody that um, at least comes in with the prospects of, of running an offense that can compete at the NFL level. Then once you establish that, then yes, offensively, I do believe that this team is a quarterback away from divisional round uh, AFC championship aspirations as a club that was always a stretch this year even when you looked at scenarios where if you sneak by the bills you get the ravens and and who knows what can happen then that's a who knows what can happen then type of argument as opposed to no we've got the quarterback in place which opens up our entire offense which allows the defense also to play more free and i think that you do have most of the pieces on defense that you're going to need for a championship run so yeah i would say once you figure out oc that this team is a quarterback away from taking that next step to um, being in the mix for the final four, um, final two teams in the AFC. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm going to rattle off some, let, let's, I'm going to rattle off some names. Yeah. Quarterbacks. You tell me whether with the acquisition of this quarterback, regardless of how, would they be Super Bowl contenders? Yes or no. You ready? Okay. I'm ready. Let's do it. Kenny Pickett. No. Mason Rudolph. No. Kirk Cousins. Yes. Russell Wilson. No. Justin Fields. Yes. Here's a curveball. Baker Mayfield. No. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? So, okay. Jacoby Brissett, last one. Uh no. No, I okay. don't think so. Okay. Um to kind of give some descriptors to my answers there. Um, yeah. Baker Mayfield just won a playoff game uh, against the worst, <laughs> one of the worst teams in the NFL who just happened to start out 10 and one, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I, that is, yeah. I mean, it's, it's fair to assess them that way because I mean, the Patriots had more wins over their final seven games than the Eagles did. Um, right. that's, they're one of the worst teams in the NFL the last seven weeks of the season. And, um, and the Buccaneers are at least well coached and um, 
you know, I, I I don't think that they really have a good chance against the Lions this week. I could end up being wrong, but I, I you know, That's my I, I just Lord. don't feel that. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so Baker Mayfield kind of it's, ends up on the outside of that to me. The Steelers in free agency this year, there it's it's one guy that can really take you over the top that I think you know for sure, and that's Kirk Cousins. And I don't know if they're going to be willing to pay the $30 million check that it's going to take to get him to come into your building for at least a year. Um, and so it's really tough. I, I see that the Steelers see themselves as Super Bowl contenders, um, but I just don't know if that is actually the case in 2024, Jeff, um, when you consider where they've put themselves. And, and make no mistake, they've put themselves in this situation as far as the quarterback issues go. I mentioned in the Slack channel earlier that I thought that bringing Matt Canada back really uh, kind of screwed up their whole oh, whole process here. And now uh, a year later with Kenny Pickett, if, if you try to bring in a veteran guy on a one-year rental, what are you going to do? Go back to Kenny in year four? Um, it, it doesn't make sense. And so I really do think that the most likely case is that you go all in on your offensive coordinator and say, make Kenny Pickett work. And if that doesn't work, then 2025 might be your year that you go after the big time quarterback or make a play in the draft for the big time quarterback. If you recall on my Let's Ride podcast last offseason at this time, I said, you know, this is when you cut ties with Matt Canada, because yeah. if you go down this road, it's going to be really difficult to come back from it and you reap what you sow. And I think now not only are they dealing with the ramifications of Matt Canada and his departure, but they painted themselves into that corner. Like you just yep. mentioned, you know, how do you bring in a Kirk cousins or a Russell Wilson or trade for a Justin Fields without saying, Kenny, you look, you're just the backup. Like you're a first round backup, a first round backup. Come on now. Like that's absurd. That would be a huge, huge slap in the face, both to Kenny Pickett and to the team's scouting department and the front office at the time that made the pick 20th overall. So it's going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of caveats here, but let me ask you yeah. this last question before we move on to some game predictions. Do you agree that it should be coordinator first, then the coordinator has to figure out how to make the plan work with the quarterbacks that are on the roster, or should they get the look for the quarterback and then the coordinator that fits best with the quarterback? No, I think it's coordinator first. Um, I, I, I think, Jeff, uh, you probably would agree with this, that the sign of good coaches is adaptability to the players that you have. Absolutely. Um, and so so going in and saying, this is our quarterback, um, and, and bringing an, in an OC to say, you know, make this guy work or else, you know, that's tough to do. But when yeah. you establish the offensive coordinator first, and then you look at all your options from – who's going to be the signal caller for this offense taking snaps under center, then, then you open yourself up to a much larger world of possibilities. And the money has to work, obviously, but the guy you bring in after that, it, it's got to be you know, somebody that the coach can sit there and say, okay, this is how I can adapt my offense to this quarterback. This is how I can make him work in the system. Um, but if you if you give the offensive coordinator no options as far as quarterback goes, is this guy or bust? Then yeah. I think that's a big time issue. They, there's, I feel, I don't know why I have this feeling that the offensive coaching staff is going to get absolutely gutted this off season yeah. because whoever they bring in, there's a good chance Pat Meyer's gone because they don't like his style. 
There's a good chance that Frisman Jackson's gone because they want to bring in their own wide receiver coach, you know, Alfredo Roberts on down the line. I could mm -hmm. see this be like Eddie, Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan. I could see Mike Sullivan sticking around, but how does Eddie Faulkner stay? You were just yeah. the offensive coordinator for the last, I don't know how many weeks. And then Mike Tomlin steps up at the podium and says, yeah, they're not even getting a shot. We're going outside the organization. Like, right. how do you go back to being a running backs coach at that point? I don't know how we'll see how that plays out. But, I would say too, um, for ahead. Mike Sullivan, like what's the sense in ditching Canada because he couldn't develop your quarterback and then going to Mitch Trubisky and not going back to pick it because you didn't trust Mike Sullivan and Eddie Faulkner to, um, yeah. to make him work. You know, that, that to me is, is, um, you know, backwards thinking as well. So you'd have to, I think that you're absolutely going to see a gut job on the offensive side of the ball, but I think the first domino to fall in that, and I would expect it within the next two, three weeks, you can't wait too long on these things, um, is to get the OC in the building. Absolutely. Unless that offensive coordinator is on someone's staff that's Correct. still playing. That would be the only Correct. caveat for me. So, okay, let's go do some predictions now. Let's talk about the divisional round. We'll just do all four games real quick, yep. and uh, when we'll finish it out. So let's start on Saturday. Texans, Ravens. Ravens are giving nine. Any chance that C.J. Stroud pulls off the upset? Um, uh, there is a chance because uh, quarterback play changes everything. And yeah. Um, the the Ravens, uh, they saw the Texans in Week One. <laughs> there's mm -hmm. there's been a lot of difference uh, in in that Texans offense since then. A lot of changes. Um, I do think the Ravens are very well suited to to stop the Texans. Um, they they have the number one defense in the league, and a lot of people are saying, well, the Browns had arguably the number one defense in the league, uh, and and Houston shredded them. That was kind of a, I mean, the the Browns was kind of um, just smoke and mirrors, I thought, for being one of the better defenses in the league because they started out so strong. They really had kind of crumbled down the stretch from being regarded as one of the best defenses in football. The Ravens never really did. So this is a different animal. Um, so I'm going to say that the Ravens win this game, but I do think it is closer than that nine and a half point margin. I'm going to say uh, Ravens uh, 30 and then uh, Houston 24. I don't give the Ravens the time of day in terms of score predictions, but I think they win. <laughs> I think the Texans though, keep it close enough. I would take the Texans getting the nine, nine and a half points, whatever they're spotting, keeping it close. I can't say the same about the next game on Saturday Packers at 49ers. The Packers are getting nine and a half. I think this has a blowout written all over it. I think that Christian McCaffrey's healthy. Brock Purdy's healthy. I think the Packers, it was a great story last week, but it's probably a one and done. I don't think Jordan Love is able to do much against that defense. I think the Niners roll. What about you? the The major deal in this one is, I think when you can when you consider that the Packers' offense is Matt Lafleur's baby, and it's Kyle Shanahan's offense, <laughs> just a little yeah. modified uh, somewhere else. So who is going to know better how to stop? his own offense than, than Kyle Shanahan mm -hmm. and that, and Steve Wilkes and that uh, 49ers defense. So I would expect this one to be a little bit lower scoring than maybe people think, uh, because I think both defenses are playing pretty well. And, you know, Matt LaFleur is going to have ideas on how to stop um, the Kyle Shanahan offense too, since he's been from there. So I'm going to say this is a little bit lower scoring. Uh, I, I, I do think that um, it's not, 
particularly close, I would say. Maybe something along those lines of a, a 24 to 14 type score. Um, I just don't think the Packers quite can get over it uh, against this 49ers team. Okay. And then Sunday, Buccaneers Lions. This is my upset pick of the week. You want to okay. make some money, take the Buccaneers on the money line. You're going to get some Ooh. great odds, and they're getting six and a half points anyways if you want to follow the spread. I, I think the Lions, that was such an emotional win last week mm-hmm. with Matthew Stafford, first win since the 90s in the postseason. Buccaneers could be a team that could shock you. Would I be stunned if the Buccaneers lose? No. It's an upset pick of the week. It's not a lock of the week. So that's my thing. My thinking. What about you, Jeremy? This would be my lock of the week. <laughs> Going for the <laughs> the favorite team. This is this is my blowout special here. Um, so I'm gonna. I think the Lions roll in this game. Um, I think that Tampa absolutely drew the the best matchup they could ever draw in the a wild card round with the flailing Eagles um, and their defense that had literally fallen apart. Uh, with Matt Patricia, who has now called two failing uh, yeah. schemes on both sides of the football in back-to-back years, that just doesn't sound good for his coaching no. prospects moving forward. Um, so I'm going to say the Lions win this game uh, 33-16. Oh, okay. I, I think this could be actually be a little bit higher scoring than people think. I don't know what the total is on this one, but I'd take the over. And then the okay. last one, yeah. Chiefs and Bills, which I'm hearing the weather could be kicking up again in that – this game could potentially be moved. I, I don't know if there's <laughs> fact in that, but uh, still, weather could be a factor. Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game. He's played in neutral site games, but never on the road. Mm-hmm. I like the Bills to win this one. I think yeah. the Bills are poised to... It, I think this is save the best for last, and this is it. I think this yeah. is the best game on the slate. What do you think? Who do you see winning? Uh, I like this game a lot, um, and I do like the Bills as well. Um, but I, I picked the dolphins to upset the chiefs last week yes, did. and, uh, kick myself in the rear the whole day because I was like, what, what am I, what are you doing? This is Patrick Mahomes. This is the chiefs at home in the playoffs and it's negative 60 degrees outside. What am I, what am I doing here? <laughs> Tua looked like a, a high school quarterback out there. He couldn't, couldn't figure out what to do in that cold. No. Um, when, when when they first cut to him, just as an aside, first cut to him on the sideline and you couldn't see his face because he was buried in clothes. That's when I was like, okay, this is it's not they're screwed. Be. This is over. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so okay, this is a really close game to me. I love I love this matchup. Every time we get to see it, this is must see TV. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, you know these Bills want this game so bad, and they get it at home. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to say this is an overtime game and this one ends up a 27 to 24 win for the Buffalo bills in overtime. Boy, that would be something it's going to be fun to watch for sure. And so I think if the Baltimore Ravens win the AFC is the championship game will be great. No matter what Kansas city going to Baltimore, Buffalo going to Baltimore doesn't matter. And if the Texans could upset the Ravens, I would love it because I hate Baltimore. So, uh, we'll see. But hey, what's coming up on the um, what's coming up on the the fix as well as the Q and A? Yeah. yeah, so on the fix, um, we're turning our focus towards the draft. Um, that is what we do on the fix, and so you can you can definitely listen in to that. The Senior Bowl is on February third. It is just a couple weeks away, so a lot of our focus will be moving towards the Senior Bowl, the rosters, and what to expect, and who the Steelers might be looking for, looking at in that game. So uh, check that out. 
on the fix. That's going to be a lot of what we do. Uh, we got Matt Nagy on, or Matt Nagy, us, uh, um, Jim Nagy on the show last year. Uh, hoping to try to do that again. Don't hold me to it, but that would be awesome if we could get him on the show again before the For senior sure. bowl. Um, and then uh, the Q and a, I think Jeff, we're going to be moving it back to Sunday nights um, yep. since the Steelers are not playing anymore. Uh, so that should be a little bit more um, set in stone, if you will, unless the schedule is going to change. We, we might talk about that, but we'll see. Um, and so if, if that's the case, Sunday night uh, Q and a, I'll have a guest on and we'll be talking uh, what's next for the Pittsburgh Steelers? That's the big question right now. What's next? That's right. Um, and then I did want to plug an article that I am writing. I'm going to be putting some time into this one. So just be looking for it on steelcurtainnetwork.com, fansforsports.com. I'm going to be breaking down my game plan for the Steelers offseason in light of uh, some of the the things that we know right now and, and just a, a lot of thought into how they can handle this and be as competitive as possible while recognizing that they're in a tough spot. So uh, we'll take, be taking a look at that. So be uh, stay tuned for, for that article coming out on the website. Awesome. And Jeremy plug your social media while you have a minute. Yeah. Uh, follow me on X at the bets. 93. We'll be talking a lot of draft picks, a lot of, of Steelers uh, looking ahead and uh, we're going to be doing the big board here very soon as well. And that'll all be on social media. And uh, I think we're going to keep going back to our website that we used last year, which worked out really well for us. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. All right. Awesome. Jeremy, as always, thanks for your time. We'll talk next week. Take it easy. How are we going, Jeff? All right. A big thank you to Jeremy, as always, for taking the time. And we're hitting into this part of the calendar where – Jeremy and Andrew Wilbar and the Steelers fix. It's like they're, they're in their heaven. You know, they just love it. They love the, the roster building component. They love the off season stuff. They love the free agency, especially the draft. So I always do enjoy talking with him during this time. Not that I don't during the season this time. It seems to be like at their wheelhouse though. So let's finish this up every Friday. Like we always do with a heart to heart. This is a, a time where I've had a lot of people on social media and they've all asked the same question, like, Jeff, what's going to happen? I do have to remind myself there are people that find this podcast in a myriad of ways. Maybe they find me on YouTube with one of the videos that I share. Maybe they uh, come across it based off of a retweet from someone else on, on Twitter or someone shares it on Facebook. I don't care how they find it. I have to come to grips with the fact that there are some people that are just now finding the Steel Curtain Network and they didn't even know we existed prior to this year. Nothing will change. In terms of our podcast schedule, nothing will change. Then, yeah, there's going to be shows that don't aren't around anymore. Last minute thoughts is a game day article or a game day podcast. You're not going to get that with no game. Uh, likewise, you're not going to get some of these other post game shows. The the Mike Tomlin post game press conference recap. All that stuff is not that's not going to be there. But we'll still have the week that was coming out on podcast. We might be taking a look at our lineup, shuffling things around. That's what happens in the offseason, but we aren't going anywhere. And here's the thing, folks, and this is what we want to talk about here. There is going to be an exciting offseason on deck for the Steelers. You have the offensive coordinator position that I talked about a lot in the first half of the show. You're going to have the quarterback discussion. All that's going to carry us right into the start of the new league year, and that's when free agents, a player like Mason Rudolph, is going to find a home. Is it going to be in Pittsburgh? Is it going to be somewhere else? Are the Steelers going to target Another quarterback, maybe like a Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins. Are they going to go after a Justin Fields? I don't know, but I do know something. It's going to be exciting. So there's 
there's a there's plenty to keep tabs on this offseason. I don't think there's anywhere better to follow along than with the Steel Curtain Network. So that's steelcurtainnetwork.com on the written side. That's all of our podcasts, whether it's the morning shows, the noon shows, or our PM shows. Check us out wherever you enjoy to consume your content. We're on Instagram. We're obviously on Twitter. We are on YouTube, Facebook, anywhere you want. Search Steel Curtain Network and you will find us. I don't think you'll be disappointed either, but I'm not going anywhere. I know my ride or die crew is not going anywhere, and I will be back on Monday. Will I have a guest? I don't know. We shall see. In the meantime, you know how we finish it up. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the divisional round, and we'll talk on Monday. Good to see you.